Christian Parenting. Welcome to Call to Love, where we discuss all things adoption and foster care and dive into the practical, the clinical, and most importantly, the biblical perspectives to help you and your family thrive. I'm Summer Colbert, adoptive mom, director of adoption and foster ministry, and champion for the Arkansas Baptist Children and Family Ministries. Adoption isn't just a process. It is an invitation to go on a journey with the Lord where you will experience life-changing opportunities to grow in your faith and learn to love in an entirely new way. One thing is for sure, being called to love means you will never be the same. Hey friends, welcome back to Call to Love. Today is a very special episode as we're going to go a little unplugged today and together as husband and wife reflect back on 10 years of our adoption journey. And I get to do that with my favorite person, my husband, Corey. Hey babe, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And how fitting is it that for episode 10, we're looking back at 10 years of our adoption journey and This has been a journey that's changed everything for us. It's changed who we are. It's changed what our life looks like. And we've talked about it many times that we wouldn't want to go back to who we were when we first started this journey. But it all started in 2013, where I can still remember a very distinct piece of road as we were driving back from taking our boys to your parents. And God said, you're going to adopt. And you were actually open to adoption before I was. We had talked about it kind of off and on, but it kind of got tabled and we put it on the back burner and had biological boys. And then the Lord decided to speak to my heart about it. And it was a really distinct moment. And you were just kind of like, okay, let's do it, which is typically how our, our relationship works, where I get an idea and you're like, okay. So, but we ended up actually, after having that conversation and making a few initial inquiries, I guess, did people that we knew that had adopted. And then we spent about a year wrestling with this. We really didn't take any action. And so I think that's a good place for us to start is maybe what that year of wrestling looked like for us when one of us would be more motivated and the next one would be like, and then we kind of go back and forth and do this tag team all year long. I think some of this, as, as your listeners will know, when you have young children in the house, it's hard to think about adding anything else. Mm -hmm. And so I think the struggle is, you know, do we respond to what we feel God calling us to do? Or do we look at the circumstances around us and think that this is too much? Or how can God really want this for us right now? Doesn't he see this? Yeah, that's a really good point. And and we did, I mean, because we were comfortable. I mean, we were nestled into life as young parents and our boys were healthy and growing and thriving. And it it was really a question for me. If I look back now, it was all about disrupting kind of our comfortable flow of life because we didn't know what to expect. And we had no understanding of what adoption really meant or even what the process ahead had for us and how hard it actually was. And I, I think about this and almost shamefully could say, if I really knew what was in store for us, I probably would have chickened out. I mean, honestly. Well, I think you could say that about biological kids just the same. Yeah. You know, it, sure, we don't know what uh, our biological or our adoptive children are going to be like because they don't really have some of those genetic, you know, predispositions and things like that. But 
you could say the same for your biological children. You know, ours are totally different. So, mm. yeah, are we going to find some excuse to not obey or are we going to obey? I think it just, that's the bottom line because it did not make sense on paper financially or um, sleep-wise. I mean, <laughs> we weren't getting any. Yeah, it, it all came down to it. And we were just, we were still kids. I mean, honestly, we were kids raising babies and we were still learning each other. I mean, this was just a few years into marriage for us. And so we were just kind of learning along the way. But after a year of wrestling, we came to the end of that year because that was in January that I clearly heard God speak. And then it was December when we kind of had what you like to call our catalyst moment, where that was the year and the, the month of that year that we got the call about the baby. And then I've told our listeners this story that we rushed to the hospital and we thought this was it because we had just gotten to the point where we were so weary from the wrestling back and forth about should we, shouldn't we, that I literally had just prayed that morning, God, would you just put a baby in a basket and have somebody ring the doorbell and leave it on our front porch? I mean, like that's where I was mentally. And so we got that phone call and I just knew that was it. Hmm. And then that ended up being one of the most traumatic days for you and I. And on the other side of that, we grieved, I think, rather unexpectedly. And it kind of surprised me with you because you're such an easygoing person and you don't let things bother you typically. And sometimes I even get frustrated because I'm like, would you please just get upset with me for like five seconds? <laughs> but this really hits you hard mm -hmm. and it really shocked me. And it took us months to even think about trying again. Yes. And I guess you got to be careful what you pray for because you prayed for that uh, delivery and we didn't specify what kind of delivery we get. <laughs> so yes, I remember uh, turning around, working, uh, driving close to the hospital and then getting the call and immediately turning around and yeah. making that change, calling my boss, calling our family um, that live local, that this was about what, two to three weeks premature for us. Mm -hmm. We had nothing, no, we had nothing pink for nothing. sure. And so... Um, I remember most from that day, the, uh, I got there a few minutes before you did because you were getting your mom, I believe. And, um, I, I remember getting there and I wrote a letter to this, to this child that I was, that I hadn't even met yet. We had a name for her. We, yeah. we had all these, just like you do with a biological child, you, you make plans mentally, uh, what they're going to be like, what we're going to do together, uh, what their you know tendencies might be, and we had known the what well, you had known the birth mother. Sorry, you had not. We had not met this birth mother, no. but we hadn't even met the attorney. Right. So ev everything was wild about this whole story. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I've got like seventeen stories in my head. That's that, welcome to the last decade of our right. Lives. So um, anyway, I remember going in, and I'm sure your listeners have already heard the whole story, but. For me, I had a really hard time looking back now. Uh, I can see that um, God was trying to tell me that this was not going to be your child. Mm. Uh, I remember looking at the child. And, of course, anybody who has a calling, I feel, to take care of children or people in general are going to look onto, on, on a new child as, I will help that child. Like yeah. I, I'm not going to turn that child away. Uh, but I will tell you that I personally just looked at her and did not feel like she was ours. Yeah. Uh, I remember telling God, if she's if she's ours, I'm, I'm going to love her. But 
I, I just didn't feel it. So yeah. the rest of the story goes. But. Well, that's a really good point too. And I think that's something, because the point of our conversation today is really just to share the lessons that we've learned. And that doesn't all mean rosy lessons. I mean, that was a tough one for us. And I mean, we sat down with a couple not too long ago who were struggling with infertility and they were like, well, adoption's the next logical step, but we just don't feel it. And I think that's an important point to say in a lesson that we've learned is it doesn't have to be like God is very specific in what he wants your family to look like. And just because everybody around you might be adopting or because you're not able to conceive a biological child, that that's your only option for having a family, which it's a great option, but it also doesn't substitute the emptiness in your heart when you are longing to have that biological child. And so you had that feeling right off the bat. And honestly, it was such a whirlwind in that particular instance where we were looking at that child. And I think I too can look back now and honestly say that I felt the same way when I looked at her. Like there was just something there. Like when our actual, when our child that God did bring into our family through adoption, when we met her, I mean, it, we knew there, there was just a an understanding in our hearts. I think that that was our child, but this child was not. And then it ended up totally being the Lord's protection that this child did not come home with us in 2013 because two other families had paid attorneys to complete this adoption for this child. And we had no knowledge of it. I mean, we were smack in the middle of, middle of trafficking and federal fraud and we had no idea. Welcome to adoption. Welcome to adoption. And so that's not something that we share or haven't really shared publicly up until this point. But we later found that out weeks later. But on the other side of that, I remember we had family coming in with this, you know, attitude of excitement and, and celebration. And at this point, I mean, we were just in shock because the child was taken and we were hiding from a violent relative. And we knew that this ultimately was not going to successfully um, be an adoption for us. And so we had to deal with that. And our families were so good and they were so supportive at that point. Um, they took our boys and allowed us just some time. And I remember we went and had lunch and we sat down in a McAllister's and we just kind of stared for a while in shock. Wasn't a lot there. No. I, I think that uh, going back to the purpose of this of this talk, um, I would say one of the major points that we learned through this was God's going to find a way to clarify His will for your life. Mm. And if that is through what we perceive as, you know, ripping a child away from us. Right. Uh, that, that we thought was, everything was going so smoothly up, up until that point. And then it's, it's almost like he just, uh, I, I don't want to put it on the category of, you know, Isaac on the altar here, but you know, it, 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 it took us being obedient and then him saying, Nope, that's not what I wanted for you. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. And so that, it, and when you get, when you get punched in the gut like that, it either it either fires you up to continue the battle or you retreat. And and, yeah. and I feel like um, that was the catalyst for us to... Now, we had to catch our breath. We did. Um, and then after that, I think that was what really solidified the calling for us. Definitely. And I... I mean, just personally, we all grieve in different ways. And my grief came out as anger towards the Lord. I mean, I'm just going to be totally honest. I think it's helpful for people to know and understand that. And I mean, you can speak to how you went through that grieving process. But for me, I was like, 
Lord, I literally had just prayed and here's this baby that fell in our laps the very next day and then you rip her away from us. And so I was, again, not mature in my faith at the time, I think. And so I just automatically blamed God because the scenario that I had created in my mind of how this was going to go didn't happen. And so therefore it was God's fault. But we later found out that it actually was his protection over our very lives because of what was the circumstances surrounding that particular child and that particular family. And so when it finally came time for us, we took about six months really to heal. And and we didn't talk about it just a whole lot. We waited until probably June of that following year of, of 2014 when we started having the conversation and we made the decision to move forward with a private attorney adoption. Um, but the day that the call came to actually be matched with our daughter's birth mother, I was scared to death to come to you because I still felt like you had hesitancy to say yes because of what we'd gone through. And so fortunately, by the grace of God, you did. But you want to talk about what your grieving process looked like over those six months? I think some of the ways that I deal with it is I don't deal with it. Mm. I think that's uh, not a a great way to do that looking back. uh, I feel like maybe... Maybe we should have found more friends or people who had been in that circumstance just to to talk it out, to get some wisdom and clarity from from other people. It hurt me really bad, so much that I I, did, I didn't see it happen. I didn't see it coming, like you said. I didn't yeah. see those emotions coming. Yeah. Uh, it it just, I mean, we just felt like that was. That was our yeah, calling. Yeah, that was it, that, yeah. And that was our calling. That just wasn't our child. And That's so the other thing we had to deal with along the way is walking our biological children through this process. Yeah. Is it good for them? Is it, you know, are we, all the emotions, are we, are we hurting our biological children? Are we taking attention away from them? Are we... I think those are the things we wrestled with a lot yeah. of, again, is this God's calling or is it not? Yeah. Because if it is God's calling, he's already prepared your children for this, uh, or he's in the process of, uh, or he's teaching your children something that they could have never learned had you not obeyed your calling. Yeah. And and those are things that as parents, we, we feel like we have to control every aspect of our kids' lives and if we make one wrong move, then they're ruined forever. Yeah. You know, we talk about this a lot. When, you know, when we dedicated our children to the Lord when they were young, uh, newborns, and it, we we gave them to the Lord. Like we we made a covenant to give them to the Lord. So why would the Lord not take care of them? And yeah. it may not look the same in our human eyes. Like why? Well, why would God make them go through hurt? Well, why do we all go through hurt? It's well, most of the time it's because we're not listening before, and God's like, "I'm going to allow this to happen." At least mm-hmm. I, I don't know theologically on that one, but I'm, I mean, I feel like He does allow certain things to happen. It's like I'm, I want you to mm-hmm. to feel this, and if, and if you have to learn through heartache, as long as you learn it, you know, because yeah. the other thing about our calling is that our callings serve other people. Yeah. And it's not just about us. And That's so right. our our kids are going to learn from this. Their friends are going to learn from this. Our families, you know, our families were, it, it was a new world for, for them as well. I mean, we, yeah. we talk about generational things 
and not just parents sometimes that have to go through this, uh, grandparents and uh, generational differences and mm-hmm. cultural differences. Yeah. Um, uh, and so I think all those things go hand in hand. And yet I think on one hand you can see it's, it's wild and it's crazy. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you think, wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. And that's where we go back to. It's changed everything. I mean, adoption truly does change everything. And we did, we struggled with that. We struggled with how many times we had to tell our kids, never mind, you don't have a sibling coming because we truly, every time we started a process, we felt like God was leading us to do that. And then we had disappointment on the other side of it because we were working towards an expectation and a result. And I, I think that's only logical. If you think, Hey, we're starting an adoption process. You just automatically assume that there's going to be a child on the other side of that. But what we learned time and time again, nine times over that that was not always going to be the case for us, that God actually was not choosing to add more children to our home, but he was actually birthing a ministry and why you and I are sitting here right now and why our family looks the way that it does. But to your point, we dealt with a lot and I still, quite frankly, to this day, don't understand why I felt like we navigated this so much in the dark. Like, I feel like there are more resources now. There's there's a um, an abundance of books and Instagram accounts and different things that you can follow to at least feel like you're not the only one. But at the time when we were going through all this, I felt alone. Like, we felt alone. Mm-hmm. And we knew of other people and we would ask questions, but it was very surface level and it, it wasn't in the trenches of what we were actually going through, the the disappointment, the hurt, the grief, and all of that, plus the concern for our boys at the time. But I'll never forget when we were, gosh, I don't know how many processes in at this point. It's only been a few years ago when our middle son, who's now 12, we were telling him about um, a particular child overseas who um, I think our agency had contacted us about. And we were just kind of testing the waters a little bit and having conversation with them because we never withheld those conversations from our kids. Like we wanted them to be a part and, and have a say so, or at least a, to be a part of the conversation. Ultimately, like you're saying, if it was God's calling, then as, as the adults and as the ones who are called, um, our children have to, you know, fall under that calling with us and, and move forward. Well, we could with know it. how to minister to them afterwards if it was different. Right, exactly. But I just remember telling our son about this these children that needed forever homes, and he just looked at me and, and, and not in a, a panic way, but he was just he was so motivated. He was like, "Mom, of course, like we have to go. We have to go get him." And this was after we had told him and and the kids several times, like, hey, you're getting a sibling. Just kidding. Hey, you're getting a new sibling. Just kidding. And I just knew kind of like what we went through with our first disappointment that the kids were going to be like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is too hard. Yeah. Well, yes, I was going to go back to your other comment and then follow up with that one was, I feel like sometimes God leaves us in the dark uh, because it forces us to go down deeper to where he wants us to go. In other yeah. words, had had we sought all those resources and and kind of learned early that we wouldn't be sitting here talking right about this right mm-hmm. now because he would have had He's giving us a path. He's giving us a path and that's what we asked for, right? Yeah. We, but a lot of times we just we just want the answer and not the opportunity to find the answer. Um, and when we do the research and study harder, then we know it more. Like we can mm-hmm. we can teach it more. We know how to teach that to our children yeah. and we know how to educate people who may ask us now, like young couples who are coming up to us. Um, and then going back to the other point also 
with the kids, you're right. The, the kids were all about it. They were all about every it every time. time until the last one. Yeah. And that's when I believe our oldest was like, yeah. I, I just, I don't know that I'm, I don't know that I feel that right now. Yeah, he was struggling with it. He was struggling. And and that was a sign to us because that, that was that was changed. I mean, these boys and these days were advocates for adoption. Mm-hmm. I mean, they loved it. And that was something that I, I guess I didn't really even realize then. I'm thinking about it now, but... Mm-hmm. Um, Well, we were also partnering with, I think, learning as parents, because he's, he's more of our people pleaser kid. And so we were at that time, we had been so laser focused and I'll speak even more so for myself. I had been so laser focused on, because we moved from like one process to the next, to the next, to the next. There was very little breathing room in between all of those processes. And in the midst of all of that, we've got three kids in our home because we haven't even gotten to the point where actually our daughter joined our family, which was our second process out of the nine, but we're raising kids in the midst of all of this. And so I think that was when I know for me, and we talked about this, I had that aha moment of, Hey, we need to really hone in on this particular kid and, and affirm to him, you have a voice and your voice matters in this family. And you know, now that he's a teenager and, and growing into adulthood and all of that, I I feel like when we had that moment, like that was a mercy from the Lord that he kind of got my attention and got our attention with that because I don't want him or any of our kids to get lost in the midst of my driven nature because that's the other thing that I think is a big lesson for me is how driven I was just to get a result. So I buried myself in our processes, in the paperwork, sometimes to the neglect of you and the kids, if I'm being honest. And and that is looking back now, something that I wish I would have had more balance. And because I thought if I push harder, if I just get it done, then that kid's going to come home and we're going to get that result. We're finally going to get that kid that I felt like the Lord was promising us, mm-hmm. right? I think you brought up a good point. My interpretation of that is sometimes we try to take ownership of God's calling mm-hmm. for us. Like he wants you to adopt. Well, I'm going to drop everything because that's what the Lord said to do. And I'm going to just, well, we also, we already had a calling of our family. That's you know, right. We, we already have, have live life. responsibilities and, and that they are part of our calling too. So that's we can't right. neglect our children uh, in my opinion, uh, to to do this other calling. Uh, I mean, it's even if you were called to do missions overseas, our kids would come with us, right? Right. So you, you're not abandoning your family to to take a calling. That's a great point, and yeah, it is. When God calls, it affects everybody, and that goes back to what you were saying a minute ago mm-hmm. about even our parents, because. We struggled in the beginning with your parents were, I mean, they, they weren't very excited. And, and I don't say that to throw them under the bus. I think they were shocked. And they are extremely, some of the most practical, responsible people that I've ever met. Financially responsible, just morally responsible. In every way, your parents are so responsible. And there is this element to adoption of kind of chucking responsibility out of the wind in in their mindset, I think. And in a lot of people's mindset, it's like, wait a minute, what about all the uncertainties? Wait a minute, what about the cost? Wait a minute, what about how this is going to affect your kids and your life and your, you know, whatever that looks like. And so I think out of love, they were hesitant and trying to caution us. Mm -hmm. And we were like, 
already 10 steps ahead of them and like, why aren't you excited and running along with us? And so that's an important lesson. It's like, Mm -hmm. let your people and your loved ones run their race at their own pace and, and don't take offense when they're not at the same level of excitement and understanding that you are. Yes. Because, uh, in the end, um, I think we have to remember that our calling is not their calling, Yeah. but our calling affects them. Like you said, our, our sins affects others. Our calling affects others. So it it doesn't mean that you should not do the calling. You still should. But there are ways to handle that and and lovingly approach or give, like you said, give them time to run the race at their pace. Uh, Because even your grandmother was was really hesitant. But Mm -hmm. the instant she held our daughter, uh, it changed. Yeah. The instant. I mean, it was... She wouldn't give her back. No, that's <laughs> she true. wouldn't share. <laughs> that's true. She was being stingy with her. But yeah. sometimes the fruit of the calling will will be a, a clarifying moment for those around you. Mm-hmm. That will be that will be their, their check. Like, yes, I see that now. Mm-hmm. So we just have to see the fruit sometimes. Yeah. And, and even I feel our families uh, trusted us. Mm-hmm. with the calling I feel like they were being parents mm-hmm. and were trying to caution us about and I think it's good that I, I feel like we shouldn't take people and for this instance we'll use our families as an example we shouldn't use their their hesitancies or the things as uh, being against your calling yeah. I think it's maybe God using that to say well let's let's go through that checklist mentally is your Wise heart counsel. yeah is your heart ready to check that off you know mm-hmm. like check my spirit is, is this about me yeah is this about making me uh you know you know summer and i hate the when people are like oh my gosh that little girl's so lucky y'all are You've amazing such a good thing i mean come on it, it it's a great for her i mean it's 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 great for her in the sense that there's a calling fulfilled mm. but i mean i, I saw a lady just the other day who is the same nationality as our daughter and, mm-hmm. and had seen her when she was younger and asked about her. And she said the same thing. She was like, oh, she's so lucky. I was like, no, we're the lucky ones. I mean, yeah. the blessings that we get out of it. I feel like culture today is going to, to try to put every decision you make in a box. Like, oh, you're trying to make yourself look good. Or, oh, uh, you're trying to have a savior complex. Yeah. Or, oh, you're doing it for this. And I'm like... Do you know how hard this was? Exactly. Like, th- this was not easy. This was not easy. And it and it's not something that you, you... Well, I tell you what, when people do say stuff like that, it does make you check your spirit and check your heart and say, yeah. am I doing it for that reason? And if I am, then remove that from me or change my heart. You know, and I think... So I don't think that... Again, I don't think it's bad to hear those things. It's just... Uh, it's hard because when you say, "I just everybody should be going along my calling with me." Everybody should. Yeah. Why? Why don't they understand? No, but I think that's a really good point, and I think tying all that together, it really does come down to, and and we talked about this early on on this show. Of, Am I called? And everything else, when you answer that calling out of obedience, I think everything will fall into place. It does not mean that it's going to be easy. Um, that is a, an unfair expectation to place on the entire process because the enemy does not like adoption. And so there's going to be resistance along the way. And then it's not pretty 
when the child comes into your home because you have to adjust to a new person and you have to learn new rhythms as a family and you have to deal with different temperaments. And, and as we learned very quickly, I mean, our daughter, when, when we finally had our, our hallmark kind of scene and, and she was born and we were, it was incredible. Like we were in the room, we got to pray with and over our daughter's birth mother, just moments before she gave birth to our daughter. That's still one of the most surreal moments I think we've ever experienced. You know, the cousin was praying in, yeah. in their language. Yep. We were praying we were in praying ours. Praying in English. Yeah. It was incredible. And we'll never forget that. But then just hours later, we stayed in the hospital, you know, bio mom stayed in her room and we had a room with the baby and we were there overnight and we were so exhausted because the weekend prior we had been in the hospital with our son who'd suffered a head injury. And then a week later, here we are in the hospital with a newborn baby. And so we were like, okay, you know what? We said we weren't going to do this, but can she just go to the nursery for a few hours and just let us get a little bit of sleep? Mm -hmm. Was it 20 minutes later? Well, they brought her it back. It seemed like that. I don't know. I think it literally what like 20 or 30 minutes later, the nurse brought her back and she was like, and this is at like, I don't know, two 30 in the morning at this point. And she was like, I'm so sorry, but she can't stay in the nursery because she's disturbing all the other babies. And that was just the, the beginning of what was the next really three years of our life mm-hmm. is intense crying and screaming day and night. Day and, night. And, and you, you got the brunt of that uh, because you were with her more during the day than I was, but, um, I was also the primary caregiver that she attached to. Yes. That was hard too. Yes. That was hard for me on other levels too, but, but hard for you because you felt like you couldn't release her at any time. I couldn't put her down or she'd scream bloody murder. But I mean, you had mentioned, um, about the calling and I, I, I was thinking when is God's calling on anything easy? Yeah. Like ever. Yeah. I, I think if, if it's easy, I mean, that's something that we can do. Yeah. If it's easy, it's in our power. If it's the calling, then he's pre- either preparing, will prepare, or has prepared you for that moment. That's great. And we didn't know. We didn't time. know. We had, there was a lot of work he had to do on all of us. And, you know, going back to what you talked about, you know, people just affirming the calling and being like, oh, that's so beautiful, or she's so lucky, and that kind of a thing. But really, you know, I use the term beautifully wrecked so much of the time because it wrecked, I'll speak for myself, it wrecked my flesh in ways that I did not realize that I needed because it just revealed a whole new level of like selfishness for me and um, a, a dependence on myself and a control tendency and a perfectionistic mindset. Like all of these things by bringing our child into our home, the Lord used her to wreck me of those one by one. And it was a brutal wreckage for years and still is at times. Well, it's an exposure. God's calling exposes our flesh, our fleshly desires. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, you can go back to all the other stages. We've talked about this before too. You can go back to, well, say from outside perspective, you know, that guy, he's, he's a great friend. And then you start dating and it's like, Oh, well he's a, he's really great to date, but then, you know, maybe he's not good to marry and you learn from that or mm-hmm. uh, this guy may be a great husband but not a great dad or maybe maybe he's a great dad and not a great husband but he's it, like you learn I think from every stage we go to mm-hmm. from one child we learned just how much sleep was available that we <laughs> forgot about 
Um, and then with the second one, it's 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 sleep, but also you're raising a toddler on top of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know every you know listener has kids at different stages. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe uh, maybe you uh, can't have children or don't have children, and and this is an adoption is the avenue you're thinking of. I can tell you, and you can probably put it better into words, but a child is a child. And so they're going to change you regardless, whether just because the avenue is different, whether you have your child from natural birth, mm-hmm. adoption, foster care, mm-hmm. um, left on the doorstep, <laughs> um, you know, anything, that child is going to change your life. Yeah. And you have the opportunity to change theirs. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, if, if God does put children in your life, that's a ministry. That's a calling. Yeah. And so he may spark other callings off of that, but but that's that's your calling. It's very true. And and I'm so grateful for that on the other side of it. And we've still got a ways to go. I mean, we're we're parenting right now in the throes of teen, preteen and elementary age and, and adoption mixed in, in the mix of that and then different genders. We've got boys and a girl. And so we're learning and, and I talk about this a lot on my other podcasts. It's like, you know, the Lord parents us as we parent our children. And something that I really struggled with early on was this idea of beating myself up for things that I didn't know until I knew them. And then I was mad that I didn't know them and then mad at the mistakes that I made. And I really have to be careful not to get caught up in that trap because it is a trap because it's said and done and our kids are fine. And the Lord is so good to redeem and to grow us together as a family and, and we do, we learn along the way and we learn to become students of our children and what their needs are. I mean, we parent our, our firstborn son completely different than we parent our adopted daughter, but yet we parent them the same in different ways in terms of structure and discipline and um, a unified presence as, as mom and dad with that child. Um, we do that all the same. Now we've had to learn different ways. For example, with our daughter, she needs a lot of emotional co-regulation and we've had to learn how to do that. And I've had, you're right. I've had to become a student of that. And we both have, and then we've had to adjust our marriage communication because in moments of high stress, you're my person. So naturally the closest one to me is going to get the brunt of how I lash out, out of exhaustion, out of frustration, out of overwhelm my big feelings come out onto you and you are so good to want to just fix that for me. And a lot of times our daughter wouldn't let you because she was so more attached to me in the beginning. Um, and now she depends on, it's so funny here. She is eight, almost nine years old. And there's certain areas that there is no substitution for you. And there's certain areas that there's no substitution for me, but we've learned how to communicate and work together on that. And so we've, we've had to change and we've had to, and that'll continue as she gets older and we go into the teen years and then we launch her into adulthood. We'll see what that looks like. But I guess that would be helpful for us to talk about in the midst of, even when she came home and in the midst of all the hard and everything that we went through just with her, what do you feel like we did right in our marriage? Yes, I, and I think that's God's grace on that one. But I, I also feel like I'm, I'm sure other listeners are thinking the same thing that that I'm thinking in this moment was that wasn't all we had going on. Yeah, we we weren't just working and raising kids. There were other circumstances uh, at at that stage of our life, and we don't need to go into them. But there that's were another episode, multiple other side. I don't want to say distractions, but they were big deals under themselves. 
And so now God through a calling in our minds, like, why would you call this now Mm. out of all things? And, um, and I think that was back at at one of the weaker times in our marriages. It was probably our biggest trial to date in almost 20 years of marriage Mm -hmm. because my parents had unexpectedly had to move in with us. Our son had a massive head injury. We brought our daughter into our family through adoption and we joined a church plant team. And we had a, a rental house. And we had a rental property. Had awful. With uh, psycho tenants one after the other. Yes. So. There was a lot of life going on and that was really stressful. Mm-hmm. So apparently we will talk about them today. Okay. So there, there you have it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, your show. Minus the so, details. Um, minus the details. But 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 the, to, to say that doesn't stop God's calling. He made a way through all those. If we look back now, mm-hmm. looking back, mm-hmm. he systematically changed every one of those scenarios because yeah. we don't have those scenarios right now. Yeah. You know, And so uh, I feel like, again, you say yes in, in obedience and you do it with, uh, with as best of a cheerful heart as you can. Mm-hmm. And you will see the fruits of all that. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 things that he is wanting to because every, every one of those other situations we learned from those too we did uh, learned a lot yeah uh, it was a big learning season for us it was and with that I think as hard as it was and I think you're right I think it was a weaker time in our marriage and maybe the weakest um, because we were so occupied with so many things but the one thing I will say is that we never gave up on each other Mm-mm. No. We never gave up on our commitment to one another to show up for one another. And and that was really hard sometimes because we walked through a season of hurt, you know, in, in the midst of all of that. We it was a really, really challenging season, but we did keep showing up and, and God was faithful. And the other thing that I will say about that is that we learned on the other side of this and when we when we kind of came out of that really dark season, um, our families were praying fervently for us mm-hmm. because they could see what we were walking through and how hard it was. And and that was a time where we were so buried in all of it that I think had they said something that we probably wouldn't have received it. So right. they prayed and that made a tremendous difference in, you know, never underestimate the power of prayer. Absolutely. And, how that influenced and, and us. we have such a good relationship with your parents and my parents. Yeah. They have a good relationship. You know, it's, uh, I'm very thankful looking back. I mean, it's, it's hard when you're going through it and your head's down and you're, and you're pushing through that. Yeah. And then when you look up, when you are able to take a breath, you're like, look what God did. Um, you yeah. know, look what he allowed. Yeah, it was hard, but I won't go through that again because of the lesson I learned here. Right. And, and uh, now I know what to teach my children. That's the other thing. Sometimes we go through hard things because we don't know what our kids are going to go through later on in life mm-hmm. or, our family or some friends that we've just met with, like you talked about that. Yeah. These, uh, you know, God doesn't waste hurt. I've yeah. heard that before. Yeah. God doesn't waste pain. Uh, God doesn't waste, you know, he doesn't yeah. waste the, the emotions that we, that we feel, but. And ministry is born out of that. Absolutely. Most absolutely. Definitely. No, I think that's a great point. And there's so much more to our story that I feel like we can share, but that, that really is just kind of a general overview of, I don't know, just a reflection of, of 10 years. And I think we're almost kind of just scratching the surface with all of this. And so I want to do this periodically where we just sit down and we hone in on our journey and, and share with our families. I, I think it helps to hear 
and B, like what we didn't have was a voice of experience and a couple to talk us through this. And so that's another reason why I want to even have this ministry and have this podcast is so that somebody listening can hear you're not alone. You're not crazy. It's okay to say this is hard. Stand firm in your calling. Learn the lessons along the way. Trust the Lord and his sovereignty and how he's going to build your family. Trust the Lord to sustain you when the seasons are dark and hard. And keep going when he's called you to love. Yes. And he's, he, you know, he's not trying to sell you anything. I feel like if you go to certain people, they're, they're, they're telling you what you want to hear. Mm. And then that's because they want to sell you on something. Either sell you an actual product <laughs> or just sell you an idea that their way is better. You know, uh, we went to agencies and it was just mm. not our cup of tea. I yeah. mean, it wasn't for us. Right. And, and I feel like... Um, we can be real with our friends. We can be real with this because we aren't trying to sell anything. I mean, this this podcast that was birthed was it's not because you know we're trying to make a million dollars here. It it is literally to be a voice to those who feel they're not heard. Mm. Uh, or this isn't even my podcast, but I'm almost like I just want to take questions. Like, what, yeah. what do you really? What do people really want to know right now? Because yeah. The things that we wanted to learn at that point, maybe somebody else has already got that part figured out mm -hmm. prayerfully. Uh, yeah. But maybe there's an aspect not that they don't, and so yeah. um, I'm I'm really proud of you. I think you're amazing, mm -mm. and she is. But I, <laughs> but I, I'm I'm really thankful that you are obeying God's calling to do something like this, because that's again it's it's all about do we say yes to God's calling or not? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a great place to land today as we wrap up uh, this episode. And I agree with you. I, I I want this to be interactive and and to be a community. And so I would love to hear from you in the comments. I can create a form and put it in today's show notes and uh, or put an email address in there and just give you the opportunity to reach out. I would love to hear your feedback. I would love to hear what you're walking through right now and, and how I or we can serve you in that. And, and we can dive further into topics in, in the coming days and weeks. So babe, I think we've, we've started something. I'm going to, we want to do this more often. That'd be great. Okay. I like talking to you. All right. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful for your time and just know that you're being prayed over. And um, if God has called you, he will sustain you and, and he will bless uh, your obedience to that calling. And so I look forward to, in the next couple of episodes, sharing with you a really special interview with a dear friend of mine who is herself an adult adoptee. And she has a beautiful story that I'm looking forward to her being able to share with you. And so look forward to that over the next uh, few episodes. And don't hesitate to go to the show notes and uh, send me a comment or uh, send me an email with your questions and your feedback. And I would love to continue to serve you in that. So thank you so much for listening today. Thank you.